0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of BPM Pod, the podcast where we get behind people's music. I'm your host, Ashley Scrace Vendel. Thank you very much for joining. I'm uh, talking to you now from uh, the quiet and calm of the bedroom. This is, you know, normally a noisy sort of environment these days with the kid around and being at home all the time. But now, a little bit of peace to end this year. Speaking of which, today's episode, we're going to be talking to a wonderful guest a little bit later on, the beautiful Chris Sinister, who is just a fantastic musician and uh, multi-instrumentalist and just this absolute lover of music who we're going to be talking to a little bit later on. But before then, I want to spend a little bit of time Reviewing 2020. Well, 2020, what a weird year. And as I review it, I've realized just how long this year has been. It's been sort of sort of like the longest year of my life and also the shortest at the same time. A lot has happened. We've, you know, obviously got the ongoing global fuckery to deal with, um, that is still messing up people's lives and, you know, well, decimating businesses and families and that's kind of a depressing thing about this year is that there has just been so much going on. And that's not even touching the political side of things, the sort of social injustice side of things. There's still been wars, there's still been famines, and it's it's overall quite a depressing picture when you look at it that way, I guess. However, I will say that I do think there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and I do think 2021 we'll start to see some improvements and I really hope it's pulled us together to tackle issues that face us all, whether that be a pandemic, climate change, or, you know, an alien invasion. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is, but I, I really hope it's given us this sense of togetherness that we can take into 2021. So, One of the things that has really sucked this year is the music industry overall. Live music in particular has really suffered, and I hope for a much better 2021. However, this has still been a good musical year, not just on a sort of global scale, but even on a BPM pod scale. So this year, let's just do a quick review of the episodes we had on BPM Pod and we'll go right from January. We started with uh, an interview with David Adams from the Acoustic Guitar Project and that's a really good one. You should definitely go and check that out. We interviewed the band Forest Island and we recounted my top 10 Warren Zevon songs. We interviewed Dean from the band Tidal Wave and that was a really great episode. One of my favourites actually that you'll hear a little bit more about later on. Uh, We then went to Dresden before everything went crazy. And that was in the end of February to talk to Orange Utan, Orangi Utan, depends how you want to pronounce it. uh, Four top guys who were doing this sort of stoner, psychedelic, heavy metal rock. Really, really enjoyed that. Then I talked to you about my top 10 Jackson Brown songs and my top 10 Queen songs and my top 10 Jason Isbell songs while I sort of adjusted to the uh, pandemic and saw my daughter enter the world. So uh, things went a bit crazy around then. We reviewed things from King Buffalo, from Heavy Happy, from from Heavy Heavy, from Goyosa. Uh, we caught up with Chris Weinhart not once, not twice, not three times, but four times during this year, over four separate episodes. We also reviewed stuff from Jason Isbell, Heim, Perfume Genius, uh, Fiona Apple. There's uh, quite a lot of things we covered in this year. It's way more than I thought. We looked at Molly's Peck's new releases. We looked at stuff from Nader Rahi. We looked at stuff from Bridget Jones. We looked at a lot of new things coming out there. Uh, we looked at um, the fate of BPM Pod back in autumn, because that was when things all moved to Podbeam where it's hosted today, and the website closed down. We also talked to the bad f- brands Frog Frank, to Tarzan Grip, or Dom Jones of Tarzan Grip, and uh, Rookling, which is Jim Basata. And we also talked to Hans Anelson as well, a long collaborator of mine and friend. We also looked at King Buffalo, by far the highest profile uh, episode we've had so far. And we went back to Burjick Jones as well to look at uh, what they're getting on there. And then we also looked at Kari Onstad and her work at the School of Voice Berlin. And that was the most recent episode. So we've had a lot of episodes this year. I think... Uh, not quite as much as the year before, 24 or 25 episodes, but there's still quite good going for a year that has been completely messed up and where I've seen personal life changes as well. So thank you very much for sticking with the podcast for this long and uh, for enjoying all of these episodes and suggesting people to talk to as well. It's been really good to have your support, your comment, your questions. As you know, this is just a hobby project. So it really only works with your submissions and you've, kept them coming. And, um, I'm just really, really appreciative. So thank you very much for a really good 2020 here on BPM pod. Now, one more thing before we get into the wonderful guest of today, Chris Sinister to finish off 2020, I wanted to do a small review of 2020 in the form of the first ever and probably last ever BPM pod awards. (laughs) Now, there are a few categories here, and I've picked some. Uh, Song of the Year, that can be any song. Album of the Year, BPM Pod Song of the Year, and BPM Pod Album or EP of the Year. So, first, there's a difference here. So, Song of the Year is kind of any song released anywhere, whereas the BPM Song and Album of the Year is really people we've identified through the podcast. Um, strictly, So no real big famous sort of Springsteens of the world and stuff like that. So they're slightly different. Then we have the best BPM interview of the year. My personal favorite of the year. We have the most gushing moment of the year award. The best guest gift of the year. And the most airtime on BPM pod. So uh, they're the award categories. Now, you know, with a nice bit of fanfare, let's get into them. Starting with the song of the year. Could there really be anything else? Now, I've mentioned this song so many times here on this podcast. You should know it just by these few intro notes. This song, I Know the End by Phoebe Bridges, is not just one of the best songs of the year. It's one of the best songs I've ever heard. And it, it just sums up so well the zeitgeist of this year, the rage, the confusion, the trepidation, the melancholy. It's just such a great song for 2020 uh, from a wonderful album, Punisher, which we'll talk about again in a second. I love this song. I love the way it's got this breezy sort of finger-picked acoustic at the beginning, which actually took me a long time to figure out. But then I realized it's extremely easy because it's in uh, open tuning and it's actually very easy to play after that and very nice to play. Um, All the way to the heavy, screamy end. The video is haunting and shocking and disturbing and borderline scary. And it's just a wonderful song. There is not much more I can say about it. It's one of my favorite songs of the year. I definitely think it's song of the year. Even if this isn't your genre, I think you can appreciate it. And uh, one of my favorite songs probably of all time. It's like what would happen if someone is reborn as Jackson Brown in the modern day. And I love it. It's kind of apocalyptic confessional sad all in one and uh it's just a great track so that's i know the end by phoebe bridges now it's onto album of the year few contenders here now this is album you know worldwide these are the more famous releases of the year now we had Phoebe Bridges and Punisher. I mentioned it then. Uh, really great album. Again, just check it out. The way she writes lyrics and melodies is is unreal, actually. Springsteen released an album this year, Letter to You. I've really liked it. Reminded me most of the Rise In kind of era, Springsteen. So sort of 2000s, early 2000s era, uh, which I like a lot. And I understand some people don't, but I really liked that. Uh, we had High Women in Music Part 3. Love that album, uh, some really great songs on there. And ones I really didn't get on with first, first time around, uh, have now grown on me massively actually. And I now say they're my favorites, which is odd how that album has developed over time, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Tame Impala had the Slow Rush. That was a really good sort of pop injection. Speaking of pop injections, Lady Gaga had a decent release this year with Chromatica. Um, that's obviously not the sort of music you expect me to go on about on here, but I really enjoyed it. Thought it was great. Another one that you probably wouldn't want me to praise because, you know, somehow not cool, I guess, is Taylor Swift. But I love the album Folklore. Very, very good album. Um, Taylor Swift is a good songwriter. There is no way you can disagree with that. You know, I think kind of feel like people gloss over Taylor Swift because she's sold out, whatever the hell that really means. So, um... No, Taylor Swift's album, Folklore, was, was fantastic. Really, really fantastic. My most probable album of the year, and it's one that agrees with a lot of musical publications. I think NME, Pitchfork, and The Guardian at least had this album in their top three, if not the top spot. And that is Fiona Apple with Fetch the Bolt Cutters. This album is... Well, it's weird. Let's not, let's not be too poetic here. It is strange. But I love it. It's full of rage and anger and like, just... I can't I, I really describe it without you listening to it. It's, it's confessional songwriting at its best. It's almost like someone decided to do a punk album but only armed themselves with kitchen utensils. It's kind of got this really stripped back raw feel to it. You can occasionally even hear dogs barking in the background and sort of background noise as it's recorded mostly at home. And it's got this definite lo-fi kind of quality to it, not in the recording itself, but really stripped back kind of quality to it. And I love it. It's, it's just such a wonderful album. But my album of the year is Fiona Apple Fetch the Bolt you
1: know like cool fun. fun.
0: Now we go on to the BPM Pod song of the year. So this is a song that has been discovered Played or promoted through BPM Pod, it's not a sort of wide release. So it's by one of these unsung voices that we've got in touch with. Now, if I was being very serious here with this award, I would probably pick Molly's Peck. Hope you don't mind. Like that song, really simple, not much to it, but it's a uh, just a really nice sort of pop rock, soul rock tune. Uh, so I'd probably pick that, Molly's Peck. Hope you don't mind. But, but if my ego is allowed a little bit of uh massage today, then I would pick the Moves Johnson song, Wet. Now, this we recorded this a long time ago. Yeah, I know, I know. I think we recorded it back in like 2019 or something. And yeah, the song is stupid. And I don't think Moves is going to be annoyed if I say the song is stupid, because it is. But it's precisely what we need this year a comedy rock song called Wet, which you can listen to and understand what it's about. And yes, I played piano on it and I did a, did an okay job. And when I listen back, I'm kind of semi-disappointed with what I did. I think I did better stuff on another one of his recordings called Skin Complexion. That was much better. I think Wet was fine. I, I probably should have done a better job when I had the session. So yeah, part egotistical, part arrogant, But this song is just crazy. It's nuts. It's a bit silly. Check it out. That's Wet by Moves Johnson, which I think is probably the BPM pod song of the year or Molly's Peck. Hope you don't mind.
1: I'm gonna get you wet. Get you wet. Like a hot tub jet. Uh, I'm Gonna make you sweat.
2: You're gonna get so wet. Yes, you can bet. I wanna be a suspect. In the case of who made you wet. Who made you wet. You're gonna wanna police check. Cause I'm a threat. Jet. i threaten your yes. I'm, gonna
0: get you wet. I'm gonna get you so wet. Like a hot sun jet. A or super wet. Oh, yeah. The BPM Pod album or EP of the year. This is gonna be very quick. A band I absolutely adore, and I'm so glad they released an EP this year. And that is Heavy Heavy. Wait, where is my Oh there it is. That's what it's called, by the way. There wasn't a mistake. Wait, where is my dot dot dot? Oh, there it is. Short EP of some songs I've heard before, but really great stuff on there, and I absolutely adore Heavy Heavy, and they're a wonderful band to see live, and I can't wait till they get back out and play in front of the crowds again. So that's a BPM pod EP or album of the year, and it is Heavy Heavy with Wait, Where Is My Dot Dot Dot. Oh, there it is. I still feel more worthy. Best BPM pod interview of the year. These are my personal favourites. Now, I enjoy everyone who comes on this podcast. Don't get me wrong. I think I've only had, well, one probable bad podcast as we've gone along, and you know who you are. Um, But otherwise, I enjoy absolutely everybody who's been on this podcast. But my personal favourites from this year were uh, Tidal Wave. Dean Schweitzer of Tidal Wave. I loved that interview. Uh, We had such a good time, and it was really before things went absolutely mental with the uh, COVID and whatnot. So definitely go back and check that one out. But could there be anyone else than Birgit Jones here? I love talking to Birgit Jones. I always call Birgit, but it's Birgit Jones. We have just the most insane interview. We were talking about Dream Phone or whatever it is, this game where you phone up people and pretend there's a date on the other end. And we talked about, and like gigs and I got people's names wrong and I got the band wrong and I got their song titles wrong. It was, it was just a calamity of errors. Um, and it was just fun, like a lot of fun. We had so much fun and it was just, just an absolute blast to talk to them and really just took me out of the world and all of the stresses for an hour. Um, and I just really appreciated their sense of humor and their sensibility of taking the Mickey out of themselves and this sort of distance to real life that they have. I've really enjoyed that. I loved it. Um, and so that is my favorite interview of the year. So I think the BPM pod interview of the year award has to go to Birgit Jones. Gushing moment of the year award. I'm going to keep it short. I got one of my favorite bands on this podcast. My absolute favorite bands. And that is King Buffalo. I loved talking to Sean from King Buffalo. They're a fantastic band. Really check them out. They're releasing a bunch of stuff. They released Dead Star this year. An EP. And they just released a live album as well. Uh, Go and check them out. That's King Buffalo. And I gushed through the whole interview. Because I am such a fanboy. But... My most gushing moment of the year, the most gushing moment of the year award goes to King Buffalo. But if they weren't so fantastic, I wouldn't have done it. the best guest gift of the year that goes to the band orange utan or Orangi utan however you want to say it they not only put on a lovely spread of cakes and tea and things so i went to dresden to see them and showed me around the area a little bit which was really fun they not only did that they um gave me a wonderful vinyl as a gift of the album catastrophe which is just really decent sort of punk rock album Uh, but blended with a bit of prog as well and their vinyl was really great it's lovely packaged Uh, the actual vinyl itself is this wonderful sort of print Uh, it's got a lovely booklet with it with all the lyrics and some fantastic artwork uh, some drawings I don't know by who but they're just really really great and that was the best gift I received this year it was just such a lovely day I had a wonderful time and really enjoyed talking to them and hanging out with them and it was just such a lovely gift and I really didn't expect it but um thank you so much guys that was really really good so their vinyl is called catastrophile it's out now and you can check it out that's Orange Utan or Orangi Utan And finally, the most airtime on BPM pod award goes to Chris Vinehart, who had four episodes this year. They get four. They get might have a five. Once I've reviewed some other stuff, he was, he was here a lot. Chris is fast becoming my sort of co-host. Now, if you'd like to see that. Maybe that could be an evolution for BPM Pod in 2021. Hmm. But Chris has been on here a lot, and he's always flexible and always wants to talk about things, and just a great guest to have and a great friend. And so the guest most airtime award goes to Chris Vinehart, who, looking into 2021, could he be a co-host?
1: Hmm.
0: What do you think? Circles chasing dreams and looking for gold, but instead of getting rewarded, I feel tired, sick and old. When I take a look in the mirror, there's a ghost staring back at me with eyes that used to be mine. That thing used to be me. And what can you look forward to in 2021 with uh BPM Pod? Well, there's a lot of things, actually. I'm still going to keep it going, probably at a slightly lesser frequency. We did 30 episodes in year one, probably about 23, 25 this year. Um, It's probably going to be around that again. I try to do two a month, but it's very difficult with uh, one thing and another and family and stuff. But you can expect some more and we're going to go more global. Still, this year we've been to New York, we've been around Germany. We've been uh, to America again a couple of times, to uh, Rochester. In New York, we went to the west coast of the U.S. We've been to Sweden. Next year, I think we've, it's time to go even more international, and I would like to. This is an aim I'm going to set now, because I am going I want to gush once a year about someone, you know, someone I really adore. Do you reckon we could get Phoebe Bridges here? What do you think? Now, admittedly, it's a podcast to celebrate the unsung musical voices, and she's totally not that anymore, but. I have so much I want to ask her about her music and her journey and her friendship with Jackson Brown. It seems like she has a friendship with him anyway, Um, which I'm envious of, but also so pleased about. Um, Do you think we can get her on here? Maybe that's the name for 2021 on BPM pod. Phoebe Bridges will be a guest. The gauntlet has been thrown down to myself to get Phoebe Bridges on here. Oh, I'd love that, wouldn't you? Now let's get into this week's episode. I had a blast talking to this guy and it's a wonderful interview to finish off 2020. It's with Chris Sinister. Now he's not just a bassist, he's a singer, he's a guitarist, he's a songwriter, he's a teacher, he mixes records, he's a session musician. He plays rockabilly, he plays metal, he plays soft rock, hard rock, bit of blues. It's crazy. This guy is one of the most musically accomplished guests I've ever had on here. Uh, we talked a lot about the bands he's involved with and that includes his duo, Chris and Lou. We talked about Mammoth Mammoth. We talked about his own music. Uh, we talked about some of the YouTube videos he's got up. And we also talked about the Beatles for quite a long time. There was a lot of gear talk as well. We had to cut out the gear talk. Uh, It went on for quite a while. Uh, But we talked about the Beatles for a long time. And I've left a lot of that in because I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to regular listener and friend of mine, Jess. And all I want to say is you were right. That's all I want to say. Not really an apology, but more an acknowledgement that you were correct. And uh, we talked about that in this episode. And another thing we talked about is horror films. Uh, Chris is really inspired by horror from the 1920s onwards. He's got a fantastic knowledge of horror films. Um, And we talked a lot about that too. A really wide-ranging episode, and I don't know what else to say except, please welcome to the podcast, Chris Sinister, who you'll hear talk after a little bit of his music.
2: i Chris Sinister and coming from Italy, about now 10 years in Berlin, 10 years living in Berlin. I'm a musician, prof musician, music teacher, bass player, double bass player. Uh, I have a diploma at the music school in Italy in, uh, in Rimini and um, I'm also, I do also reparations of effects, amplifiers, guitars and basses. So all what's kind of about music, you know, I try to orbitated try to navigate it into into it 360 degrees i'm mainly a rock bass player rock guitar player and singer but i started studying jazz and swing at school and uh that's why that's where the double bass come from
3: is it fair to say then you're like an all-round sort of just music lover because you seem to have a bit of everything in there
2: yeah 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 i like i like to 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 to, to, to grab a little bit of everything and putting it in my music somehow. I'm coming, mainly, I'm coming, that's also what, where my, my uh, nickname comes from, Chris Sinister, is because I'm a big fan of horror music yeah. and, uh, like, classical composition of movies, soundtracks, and, um, like, uh, I'm a big, big fan of horror punk, horror punk, sorry. I'm a, uh, one of my... Um, Favorite uh, artist is Rob Zombie.
1: Mm,
3: yeah.
2: So, you know, like all this uh, monster related, monsters yeah, yeah, related yeah. Uh, scenery. How
3: That's do you describe sense. the music you, like you make, though? Because I've been checking you out a bit and there's a bit of sort of rockabilly influence. There's a bit kind of like mm-hmm. psych rock influence, a little bit alt rock, hard rock influence. Like, right. how would you classify what you primarily release? Oh, wow. Uh, or maybe it's unclassifiable. That's also fine.
2: <laughs> it's kind of so. What I what I would say about that, it's uh, I would call it rock and roll because my roots are actually in the old school rock and mm. rock and roll that start from the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. That's that's kind of my range of. Um, um, of, um, how can I say of knowledge? Yeah. Yeah. That's come from there. And, um, but yeah, I'm, I look really at, uh, at the music scene and the, 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 the new styles of music in a very open-minded way. There are of course, like some styles that I don't like, like a gangster rap or hard techno or this kind of things are mm. not really my cup of tea, but I'm always interested, for example, to, I'm studying production now. So I'm always interested to check how mm. it's produced. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Even you know? if you don't listen so to always, it. Yeah.
2: Right. You know, you hear a couple of songs, for example, the last hit was a WAP, that song from oh, the to yeah. black sing WAP. Exactly. That made like tons of memes and stuff all yeah, around. Yeah. And I don't like it. I, I, Okay, I watched the video. My Joe dropped down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But I I don't like the music. It's not my style. But it's very nice to see to to hear. Sorry, where they added some kind of referments and some like uh, FXs, mm-hmm. uh, some sounds, and how they uh, they mix the bass or the bass tones or everything like that. So mm-hmm. it's like that's all uh, what bring me brings me to an open-minded kind of
3: yeah.
2: kind of music knowledge and music understanding.
3: But who would you come and... back to though? Cause like you said that you started really like your influences strongly start sort of 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Who are right. some of the sort of musicians or artists that you do go back to though, quite frequently? Who do you think, wow. oh yeah, they're really good. They're like a constant inspiration. A
2: constant oh yeah, right, right. Constant inspiration. Um, for example, I think, uh, on the white side, Elvis mm. gave a lot, mm. gave a lot. It was, he was really okay beside the first, uh, um, the first singer sex symbol, face, body, dancing, the pelvic movement, everything that gave an imprinting of, a. Actually, sexual thing in rock and roll for white people. I think he gave a lot. And uh, on the black side, uh, I always loved uh, Chuck Berry. Yeah. Hmm? Guitar-wise, sound-wise. Mm, mm. Then one of my favorite ever, uh, double bass-related, is Willie Dixon from Chess Record. Okay. Is a great bluesman, and uh, he was one of the first to start slapping actually mm. on the on the on the double bass. That then we find out in the Rockabilly, and later Psychobilly in the in the in the eighties. Um, then. Uh, one band that means to me a lot, the first Eric Clapton band from the 60s, Yardbirds.
3: Yardbirds, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, right. Beatles,
2: absolutely. I am new to the Beatles world. Mm. I started mm. lately in the last few years just to, to discover, thanks to my girlfriend as well. Uh, she was a, a big burlesque, uh, burlesque dancer wow. a few years ago. Cool. And we we traveled the world together. We went to New York. We went to Canada, Montreal. We had actually a show. We had a band together as well, and we had a, a couple of shows in Montreal. Wow. We, we, we did a lot of that's things. pretty we cool. A lot of things. Mm-hmm. We did how a lot did that of
3: get you into the Beatles? <laughs> that's that's a story. Yeah, a- the Beatles,
2: because that was uh, one of the favorite bands of the uh, her parents. and so she always had an ear over there with the harmonics of the harmonization of the vocals and when we started to play together she always like throw me hints and I was still at the time I was too much into punk and I was like I don't know I don't know you Mm. know I I, I prefer Beatles I prefer I don't know I prefer the Rolling Stones or I prefer the Sonics yeah Yeah. you know and she was like dude listen to that listen to this song listen to this psychedelic part in this in this song and uh Octopus's Garden. You know, it all came together. And now actually, with one of the bands that I'm playing now, we're trying to recreate some vocal uh harmonization that the, the Beatles used to have. And this band is called Power Apes. It's a kind of 77 punk rock band, like uh like the Buzzcocks. Mm-hmm. Cool. And um, we actually had a few days ago on Thursday the, the our first uh, show at Wild Art, a live stream at oh, Wild Art.
3: Nice. How did yeah. that go? I'm going to jump back to the Beatles in a minute, by the way. But how did that? Show? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, no problem, no problem. And uh, it went well. Just of course, Corona times, no crowd. But the the all the people that were watching through YouTube and Facebook, they were they appreciated a lot. Mm-hmm. You you can check it out if you want on YouTube or Facebook. There's the full live.
3: Totally. How, how do you find playing though to um to this sort of virtual crowd? It must have a different vibe, oh, right?
2: Very, incredibly different vibe. You 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 play you play for the camera. I mean, I acted also. I did a bit of acting and I did uh, modeling in the past year, So I'm kind of used to the camera. But playing, you know, the feeling, the sweat, the feeling of the band playing mm. together, four-piece, four piece, five piece in front of a crowd it's unbeatable and now it's just kind of sad but what can you do i mean it's your it's your it's your job and if you want to earn a little bit or if you want to keep on like promoting the band Mm. or something Mm. this is the way right now
3: because there's really only a handful of people there right and they're mainly production people anyway so there's someone probably working the sound the camera the lights and that's probably it right
2: yeah, in Wild at Heart, we are we were four in the bands, and all there are four or five people behind the cameras wow. and sound. Yeah. And that's it. So we had a club all for us. <laughs> yeah, which you is know? cool.
3: But strange, like that's not really what you Somehow, want. Somehow. Uh, right. Right. I'm gonna go back into the Beatles very quickly before we sure. jump into the bands you're in now, because actually, I thought what you said was um, there was so many things that you said that were similar to me, so. Uh, and we I have this friend, Jess, who absolutely loves the Beatles, like astonishingly okay. beyond what I think is appropriate. Okay. It's almost obsessive. Um, and she used to tell me for years that like the Beatles are the best band ever, blah, 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 blah. Now I still dispute that somewhat. I just do. I think mm. once you get into discussions of who's the best, it's very subjective. So I don't think you can really say, but exactly. I never really listened to the Beatles until the last, Like I knew their songs, but like, in-depth in the last, I don't know, five years, max. Mm-hmm. And that was really mm-hmm. as I just learned more and more about Paul McCartney and stuff like that. And thought, oh, okay, maybe I should check it out. Like, actually, I know some of the hits and I know, like, Strawberry Fields. and know Sgt. Pepper is a pretty decent album. Revolver is a good album. Like, I know a few bits, but I'd never really dug into it anymore because I was a right. bit like what you said. I was always like, no, I prefer The Stones or The Who or um, exactly. Ed Zep a bit later on, but still anything like that. Uh, the, you know, it
2: was it was a bit more rocky. It was yeah. a bit more forward with the times. Yeah, the exactly. uh, Beatles were experimenting a lot. You have to yeah. get in that optic. They were forward but in their own bubble. So much in their own bubble that they could they dragged people in their own bubble. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. not just rock, you know. Yeah.
3: But then I got yeah. to appreciate it more because like you said, once you started digging in, you can really yeah. hear that at least most commercial rock music does somehow go back to the Beatles. Like it really Absolutely. does.
1: Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. And for a while I kind of was a bit like what you said. I was a little bit of this, um, you know what I mean? If I say Contrarian, like I have to take the other approach, be like, no, fuck you, that's too popular. Like, whatever. And then after a while I was like, She's right. <laughs> like, maybe they are the best band ever. Like, maybe she's correct. Like, Because everything somehow ties back to them. I mean, you still have people today who try to sound like them. And I'm like, this is insane. That band was around like 60 years ago. The he
2: What's kind of uh, difficult to understand? I'm 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 kind of young, you know. I'm only 33, but uh, starting reading about the old school, like uh, reading about the old days in music, mm. is just that those people were really living on what they were talking about, mm. what they were singing mm. in their song, what they were playing, like. Mm biggest psychedelic albums they did it in the middle of nowhere in the desert taking uh you know the drinking cactus juice drinking yeah, peyote yeah. juice and yeah. flipping for three days in a row recording some of the best albums ever yeah. things that right now with the music that in trend now the trap i don't really see this connection
1: yeah yeah
2: and I cannot get myself into what they talk about, you know, my bitch, money, big cars. Mm. I can't get so much in touch with that. No. And mm. um, I, as I said, I like to listen to that and try to understand it,
3: try to appreciate it. But sometimes yeah. it it's, just doesn't. You click. just don't relate sometimes, right? Like, and that's that's fine also. But um, yeah. But talking of living music, because you're an incredibly fucking busy guy. Like let's, (laughs) let's not lie about that. So what are your current musical projects then? So you mentioned the band earlier, but which is Power Apes, right? And then Power Apes. But so what else are you involved in as well right now?
2: Oh, so Chris and Lou, that's the band with my girlfriend, Lou on the Rocks. So of course, Chris and Mr. Lou on the Rocks became Chris and Lou. And we started that doing uh, some kind of psychedelic rockabilly thing, like the Cramps. In between the cramps, the Sonic uh, with a bit more punky influences, uh, and uh, that's uh, that project. It's still there, but it's kind of in standby. But I'm writing new stuff. Okay uh there's an album out there are several videos three official videos so if you want to go and check it out yeah that's
3: i've I've got it up here in a tab actually that that makes terrible podcast material telling people what you've got in a tab but um (laughs) berlin dark rock and roll is how you put it i like that that's that's, a good 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 genre there berlin dark rock and roll yeah i just like to pop it
2: up something as as i told you before (laughs) I'm, i'm considering myself just rock and roll like 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 the moderate yeah oh yeah. motorhead is another another one of the bands that i it will never get old to me
3: motorhead. okay motorhead yeah, always yeah. right at, at the moment my daughter's favorite band she, she she's only eight months old she likes anything with a heartbeat like she's just fine with it so there we go that's <laughs> great That's yeah. great. she's gonna be that, she's, that... totally into this i think that and iron maiden oh, are her favorites at the oh minute. wow okay oh, okay great that's so always-
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what get it going. You know, you <laughs> yeah. will have a
3: you will have a little rocker in a few years. So, what else are you involved in? So, you got Chris and Lou, Power Apes, and then you're also Chris teaching as well.
2: And... i teaching. Well, I'm part of this band from Australia, Mammoth Mammoth. Okay. That we we did several European tours. Uh, they have uh, even before I I get in the band as first guitar player and then bass player. I have um. Uh, they they did uh, some world tours. Um, they're from Australia, the band's from Australia and um, I'm teaching I'm actively teaching in a school in Berlin and I give private lessons at home so for anybody who would like to get like guitar beginner lessons, bass lesson beginner to pro and double bass lessons beginner to pro can easily contact me Chris Sinister and we, we will talk about it.
3: So you, exactly. you've been pretty creative, though, in this period, then. You sound like you've been pretty creative. You haven't really, or have you gone through I mean, these sort of downtimes where you feel a bit like, fuck, can't we just all go to gigs again?
2: Yeah, I, I trust me, I have all that all the time. I have that all the time. That's that's really a, a bust. That's really a, a constant. It's mm. always back, or oh, the back of my head. In the front, In the front of my head, Aki. <laughs> <laughs> Shush. Oh, God. In the back of my head, there's always like, oh, my God, I want to go back on stage. And in the front of my head, there is always, okay, let's place the camera. I want to record the song. Oh, my mm. God, I need, to, I need mm. to finish that video to do that other thing. I have um, actually been able, even in 2020, to find um, some, some sponsors, thanks to my wow. video. Yeah. Case uh, sponsors, Cross Rock Cases from South America.
3: Nice.
2: They just sent me, they sent me something not long ago because I, I, I'm collaborating with this guy, um, Federico, that is from Argentina and it's called Kiremiko. Kiremiko Videos. He
3: does oh, yeah, promotion for, Videos, I've seen it right. around. Yeah, right, yeah.
2: right. And we did a few videos together and he introduced me to this uh, company. We did a video for the company and then the company sent me some goodies. And top quality, top quality actually cases and, uh, and accessories for music. Um, I've been able f- uh, to, to get uh, sponsorship from a um, brand from New York that does all like tuners and bridges and this kind of things for, um, for basses and guitars called Ipshot. And that I've been able, in that way I've been able to fix my, my Rickenbacker. I have a Rickenbacker from 1979. Oh. That's my My weapon of choice. Nice. Yeah. Talking about the Beatles also, Paul McCartney was using This nice
3: jangly kind of like trebly tone to it. So, so good. So good. So
2: good. So rock and roll. So
3: good. I'm a big Tom Petty fan and he was a sort of big Rickenbacker uh, advocate. So this really kind of poppy, jangly, like, I don't know, but also like, kind of growl tone. like I really like it. it. Is. It's really, really it is. It's very,
2: It's very rock. It's very rock and roll. You know, 60s, 70s, there's a lot of Rick and Becker around. Then in the 70s, the I think the 60s was more, the guitar were very present. And in the 70s and 80s, the basses started to get much more yeah. image yeah. and uh, getting more popularity. Mm. And um, yeah, as a bass player, primarily bass player, I went for the bass. Pricey, mm. but... I love it. I see that right now having something like this, like my Rickenbacker or a very good effect, a very good amp a vintage amp it's uh, also a sort of investment. why because unfortunately unfortunately uh from my player side from my player side, it doesn't unfortunately push you like um um average player, let's say, because a beginner goes for something that costs 100, 150. The beginner doesn't know if, he'll, if he will go on playing totally, totally. or something. Yeah. you know. The average player is the one that needs to experiment a bit, needs mm. to, is not leaving out of it, mm. so he's working, and is, uh, he needs to understand what's the difference between this instrument and that instrument. This fretboard and that fretboard, this body and that body, this pickup, that pickup. So he needs to spend a little bit of money Mm. as a hobby, but a little bit of money to understand all this.
3: Mm. Mm.
2: And a good instrument right now, it's not affordable. No, no. It's not affordable. You always, as an average player, you always have to head for something that costs. uh, an okay price, talking about 300, 400, 500 euro. Yeah, euro. definitely. And you find good stuff, average good stuff, you know? But if you want a very good instrument right now, it's it's something that like a lawyer could afford a dentist. Yeah, totally. And it's it's like, uh, you know, me as a teacher, that when I want to address my my students to something, I always have to downgrade sometimes and i'm like you know it's, it's it's a pity it's a shame because i have this couple of students that are very promising but they still have to play some kind of cheap things because they're students and they cannot afford it
1: mm, mm.
2: you know and i would tell them like no look go for a fender maybe mm. a fender of this year mm. or a made in japan you mm, know mm. or made in um a made in japan better than a made in mexico but of course a made in Japan cost 300, 400 euro more than a made in Mexico for totally. a reason. Yeah, And so it's like, you know, it's like always difficult. And if you buy a, um, a, such a, a, a price range bass or guitar like my Rickenbacker, it's an investment. If you have a little bit of money, it's an investment for the future because maybe in 20 years it got double the value, three
3: times. Well, exactly. Even if it lost value, it wouldn't be much considering what you paid like it would have been secondhand decent sort of guitars let's say you bought paid 1500 euros or whatever for it new it's still even with a lot of use and it's not a good model per se you're still going to be able to get a grand for it if you sell it secondhand like in a few years down the line so it's not like you've lost very much like exactly. in the worst case scenario in the worst case scenario exactly they do retain their value for sure but i know what you mean but then it does get to a point i guess where the quality and the price that it goes up. I tend to find it's kind of like a stepped curve of sort of quality and price because the beginning low budget, you might have a few little ones, low budget that are okay that you would never go on stage with them, but they're fine. Like just to practice at home or whatever. Right. But then I think you're right around the three to sort of 800 euro mark. You can get a really fucking good guitar. Like that's a decent guitar in that, in that brand. decent
2: Decent guitar. If you
3: can go a bit more, to a thousand, you're really in like good level now. Now you're pretty comfortable. Anything you buy there is going to be solid, like regardless. Right. But once you get to a certain level, those benefits do start to go off a little bit. It's kind of like, mm, is it 300 euros better than that one? Like, well, I don't know, probably not. But I think between one that's say 200 euros and a thousand, yeah, there's a lot of fucking difference, like 100%. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But still, you know, a t- thousand euro, we're talking That's about a that. lot of thousand money. Euro. I've never spent that
3: on a guitar, ever.
2: thousand euro is three months of rent. You yeah. know, it's like, okay, so I'm a student or I work in a restaurant. How can I afford a thousand yeah. euro guitar? But I want a very good guitar. Of course, you go secondhand. Yeah. But then there it's like getting a secondhand car. Mm. You have to go check the instrument, you have to be sure of what you're talking about, and you have to, because even a secondhand guitar, you're spending 800,000 euro. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's an important amount of money.
3: Like you said you've done a bit of acting you've done a bit of sort of modeling you've got these sort of mm. horror sensibilities about you which right. we can talk about a little bit more in a minute but the, the other sure. thing i really think that you've got is this wonderful sense of humor like i watched this uh, metal like fandom video you did with a guy right. and he right, was right right i mean it was nuts but in a good way <laughs> like it was probably like crazy it was like i was watching an mtv video from like the mid 80s right. Like it was all grainy. Right. The saturation was way too much. Your outfits were stupid. Your facial expressions it, were dumb. It, it like-
2: was made on, it was made on style on purpose with that kind of thing. I showed, uh, actually we, we shooted it with the uh, Kiremiko. Yeah. yeah. Quirico, the guy from Argentina video maker. And, and this is, this is not a project, but it's a, it's a sporadic, uh, uh let's say, uh, with with Adam Bonilla as my yes
3: yeah, so, yeah he, he's like your sort the of drummer. partner in it yeah so yeah the, yeah yeah it's a, and it's how a did this friend. work did we, you just sort of jam or do you know each other or
2: we know each other since a while because before we were playing together in a band called The V's also from Argentina but they are based here and now the singer got another got another band called um me, me, mezo, mesolozoid, I think Mesolozoid, something like that. And uh, with Adam, we were playing together in that band. Then we started to do some gaming session. He's a gamer. We're both Mm -hmm. gamers, but Mm -hmm. he got a YouTube channel where he's he's doing gaming Mm. and recording the session. So we started to do it together. And after a while, we were like, okay, why don't we do a few songs once in a while, tracks that you can actually kind of play your video games, your arcade video games (laughs) with. And we had this idea just bass that. and drums yeah, 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 yeah you know just bass and drums and um and those two came out so the first one was bruce lee that came out like last year and uh, they they are very kind of motor song you know engine song like chu- 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 yeah, like, like an a a like goes- 80s right.
3: montage kind of thing
2: exactly exactly and uh, that was the first one. And last one is the fandom thing, like Double Dragon, Super Double Dragon that we released.
1: Yeah.
2: And I, I we started to do the song. And after a while, I had an idea like, uh, okay, why don't, a uh, Super Double Dragon, why don't we do like a real fandom thing? Because we are actually yeah. fans of that yeah. kind of games. Yeah. Why don't we do, we create the costume. The costumes we created ourselves, like we painted jeans and leather jackets. Wow. And add, adding this little the shoulder pad. Shoulder shoulder pad. Yeah. Exactly. Like a bit Mad Max thing, but in style with Super Double Dragon. And then the, the the idea of the video came out, like us playing the actual video game in the in Adam Bonilla living room and kind of sort of started tripping and the eyes going through yeah, the yeah. sunglasses and shit. And then like find ourselves playing in a room, but all dress up. Like if the two characters of yeah. the games were playing. So.
3: It was it's, really uh, cool. It was really cool. It was like cool. something I'd see like on an arcade game crossed with like an yeah. old VHS MTV videotape. It was right, kind of right, really right, cool. Right. Had this right. really like bizarre faded, like, like kind of style to it, which I really loved. And it sort of felt like I'd also taken drugs at the same time. Like it was, <laughs> it was, really that, was cool. that
2: was the feeling. Yeah. That was the feeling that I wanted to get.
3: But like I said, I think because when I first came across your stuff, I was like, oh, this guy's got some really sort of like serious, dark sensibilities out there. And then I saw this and was like, oh, I don't know. I think he likes taking the piss out of himself a little bit as well. <laughs>
2: totally. 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 You know, there's no... Uh, without a little bit of self-critic and humor about yourself, I think any artist will not go so far. Yeah. You know, only yeah. ego inside a person on I, I I or at least I don't like that. I like yeah, taking taking a bit of as you say, taking a bit of a piss out of myself. It's it's uh that's at least what I need also to stay humble and to be able yeah. to create this kind of thing. Because otherwise I've been in a trip. You know, I did television also for a while in Italy with a band that I had at the time called Horrible Pornostandmen. We we suddenly, we were like a rockabilly band, a neo-rockabilly band, and I was on double bass, slapping, trio, and a bit like the Stray Cats. Mm-hmm. And uh, suddenly, all of a sudden, we started to grow and grow and grow, and we ended up doing a, a festival, Heineken Jamming Festival in Italy, in front of 10,000 people. Wow. We went to record in Los Angeles at the Handstone Studios where like there was Brian Setzer recording there, Patti Smith recording there,
3: wow. Lenny
2: Kravitz recorded there. It was the same studio where they were recording the Muppets in the beginning.
3: Okay. Wow. So
2: a big historical thing. Yeah. And then coming back, coming back, we went straight. No, it was, sorry, it was the year after. Ah, then with the Bopping Kids, another old historical rockabilly band I was playing with, we opened for the Stray Cats in Italy at a very big festival. And immediately after that, we have been like uh, taken in X-Factor Italia. Ah. With the horrible porno standman, And so there we started to do a bit of TV. We start we, we did some prime time in different TV shows. And in that moment, I also had a big fight with my bandmates. And uh, I, after a while I realized uh, that I was actually uh, working a lot with my ego and not with my with my heart and with my guts.
1: Mm, mm.
2: You know, it was everything was too brainy. We have to do that because it's gonna work. We have to do that because it's gonna be the way that we can get into the other show and blah blah blah. And when I when the thing didn't work really well out and uh, with the band was split, I moved to Berlin. And after a while, I started to rethink all what happened in Italy before I moved out. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, it was kind of a dark period, actually, you know. Mm. I was probably Mm. not very happy myself. Mm. And uh, lately, since a few years, also thanks to my girlfriend, um, I took a completely different path. I'm like, not really drinking alcohol, just smoking weed. I'm a pot appreciator. Mm, just mm. smoking, not regularly, but sometimes just to chill down. I'm. I have a therapist, mm, you mm. know, like work working on myself. And uh, we, with my girlfriend, would me- meditate.
3: Mm, nice.
2: So you know, we we I, I I got another another kind of another another vibe. Also, yeah. You you say that with the alignment of the planets and everything, every seven years. The universe let your uh, vibe of the body change, resonate in a different way and put the vibes, send the vibes to the universe and the universe send them back, Mm. you know, and that's usually every seven years. So we have a cycle. Each one of us got a cycle every seven years. And I think like a few years ago, my cycle changed.
3: One more question really for now and then I've got some quick fire questions and one of those is going Absolutely. to be about horror actually mm-hmm. but the biggest one I want to know right now is what is it you're working on right now like what can we expect from you in, in the, the near coming, future in the near future for sure
2: right now what I'm working on I'm working on new songs for Chris and Lou it's going to be probably acoustic um I'm working on uh, my solo project kind of um, rock uh, let's say rock poetry something like that with the 70s 80s influences i started a project with a few friends where i'm singing and playing bass it's a trio and we do mainly 70s uh, heavy 70s stuff a bit of stoner this kind of thing but it's all like starting let's say Mm-hmm. It's going to take a while. We're recording We're recording some demos. There's going to be probably a few songs that we made videos. We will make videos and mm-hmm. it's going to take a while. And I am uh, joining a project where I will play guitar. This is sort of still a street punk, punk project kind of. Okay. okay. Rock and roll punk project or something. And so this is what's going on at this uh, very moment. Who knows what the 2021 will bring. Mm-hmm. no no idea for now but right now my my head is here and uh like planning the future with my family with my little monster dog and my <sighs> and my and my girlfriend
3: and, where can people uh, find out more though like because say say like you say you've got a lot of this coming up and you don't know when stuff will be out like when but where can people find out more where's the best place to keep in touch
2: so they can follow anyone anyone can find me on instagram uh, Chris Sinister or Mr. Sinister Chris, M-R Sinister Chris altogether. Facebook, I'm very active, Instagram, Facebook. I have a Twitter, I have Tumblr. I think Tumblr is dead, but I still have it. <laughs> I not? have, uh, yeah, you know, I have TikTok as well. I'm not really using it, but it's there. Yeah. I, I, I hate the, 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 the I thumb movement. Only, only, only when I slap the bass. Only when I <laughs> slap the bass. But for the rest, it's like,
3: nah. <laughs> no i don't use it i did use tiktok at all it's completely passed me by and i'm about the same age as you and it still passed me by like i'm just like i don't understand
2: it's for i think it's for the younger generation it's like it's so you know it's everything so fast in front of your eyes it's Too too much for
3: me but then so and then you've got a website as well right uh youtube as well yeah youtube as well right yeah and it's all Chris Sinister. Yeah. You're pretty easy to find. I must admit, I always miss Mr. Everywhere.
2: Sinister Chris or Chris Sinister. And then there you find all links and everything everywhere.
3: Now, before right. we go, I want us to do some quick fire questions, if that's okay. Yes. But yes. people normally disobey these and they'll give me five minute answers for all of them, which is nice but they're yeah. supposed to be quick. So try to keep uh, it to sort of 30 seconds, quick ones, just top of your head.
2: I, I'm well trained of that. I'm well trained. You're fine that. on this. Test me,
3: test me. i want to talk about horror very quickly. Yeah. Because you said yeah. you're really um, influenced by different sort of horror influences and sensibilities and stuff. What would you say your main horror influences or who are your main horror influences? Is there a particular film or director or style or...
2: Okay. Um past era. I'd start from uh, Melier Trip on the Moon. Then we go to um, Murnau, Nosferatu. So, yeah, yeah. Nineteen twenty two.
3: Yeah. Uh we Still go a to movie. Even today, like
2: Yeah, yeah. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari uh 70s 70s uh, we can go with um, the hills of ice mm, yeah right 80s sev- uh, between 70s and 80s Sam Raimi bad mm. taste
3: uh, I was just gonna say uh, is the Sam Raimi in there or John Carpenter or something there's got to be so ab- like-
2: absolutely absolutely yeah the thing 80s the thing from Carpenter absolutely yeah. Um, um, Sam Raimi. We got uh, no, sorry, Peter Jackson. Bad taste. Mm-hmm. Peter Jackson mm-hmm. is uh, who did uh, Lords of the Rings, oh, the Rings uh, King Kong with uh, with uh, Jack Black. Uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Now, Sam Raimi did uh, my favorite ever, Evil Dead.
3: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Evil Dead it's the hint I get that has influenced yes. you a lot. Like yes, yes. that would have been my guess. I would have put some sort my of like, money on
2: favorite ever for the comedy for what he got inside because it was a low budget movie it was so good so it yeah. was the moment for those kind of movies but it was so mm. sorry i'm actually get, getting i think too long you gave me totally fine, going totally on, fine. You know? <laughs> this
3: is also fun i'm a big film buff so this is totally okay fun.
2: okay that's so good um right still 80s what we got another killer movies from the 80s is phantasm have you ever seen that
3: no never seen it
2: it's a the story, it's it's kind of a magic wizardy sorcerer horror movie on the vibe of Hellraiser somehow.
3: Okay, right. Cause I I quite like Hellraiser, but even though critics the don't but great. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: But critics you know, also
2: me. their critic is like, yeah, fuck fuck. <laughs> <them."> <laughs> I don't care about the critics. Um ma, 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 ma. Phantasm is the story of this inventor sorcerer that kills everybody getting contact with with a with a spheric metal ball and this spheric metal ball it's basically kind of magic and you got every kind of
3: I'm reading, weapon inside. I'm reading it now a supernatural and malevolent undertaker who turns the dead of earth into dwarf zombies to be sent to his planet and used as slaves what the hell <laughs>
2: yeah yeah but it's a, it's a great freaking gore movie it's good all
3: right and then what about modern horror though like when we talk say 90s upwards
2: 90s upwards Blair Witch Project blew my mind the first one yeah The Ring I liked it Mm -hmm. very much when I was younger right now it's probably meh but The Ring I actually appreciate it Mm. uh there was another one Rec R-E-C
3: Rec yeah I've never seen it I know of it but I've like never seen it it's um, cool.
2: It's cool. The Spanish version, not the American version. Yeah, They're basically. Say, the same? American
3: version, I remember, is a remake. I know that, but. Uh, it's a I remake. Understand. Yeah. yeah still it's called,
2: quarantine, it. called yes, quarantine.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the Spanish version, to be also a low budget movie, is very, very, very good. Mm. I loved it. The first one, I, the first and second, I love okay. them. Okay. Uh, newer, let me think. Newer, 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 newer. 2000 Halloween
3: 2018. <laughs> what is your favorite musical item? Now that can be a pedal, it can be a guitar, it can be whatever it is. But your favorite musical item?
2: Oh wow, this this is a hard
3: one. Uh, this it's going to change I, sometimes as well, right? Right, it.
2: right, because yeah, I like to I like to to to, to change stuff. Ooh, favorite musical item? So I have. Um, Oh, the mo- the funniest one is this.
3: What the hell is that?
2: L- Let's see if it works still.
3: I'm. Uh, oh my god! So it's like something that's shaped like a quaver, if in musical terms for people, that has a mouth and buttons. Yep. Uh, that is the weirdest thing like I've seen in a long time, actually. That's bizarre. This,
2: this is a gift from my brother, my beloved brother, and uh, it's called <laughs> a hot, hot, Hotamatone. hotamatone. We, with my brother, we always make like the, um, the, 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 the race to the stupid, trashy, related-to-us uh, gift, and he, he bought me this one. It, it's, you see, it's basically a note. It's a note.
3: Yeah, it's a note. It's like a quaver it's that just, you would an, have in music. Exactly. Yeah.
2: But no. you, you can play it like a little bit like a saxophone because you play up and down here and you got a touch bar that it, it makes notes. And with this one, you can modulate the notes. That so yeah, it's, is it's kind bizarre. of a Japanese, Japanese stupid little thingy.
3: I love oh, that. Out. I'm going oh, to have to find one of these. That's brilliant.
2: If you check it out on YouTube, there are even like the big, big version and there are people doing concerts with those. Like like if it was a guitar or something. What?
3: Okay, that's yeah. cool. I have you've taught that's- me something completely new. <laughs> sold, um, it's sold. <laughs> Two more. What's the, a song you wish you'd written? Uh, wow.
2: Oh, man. Um, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, I think the first one that comes to my mind that I love, it's uh, More Human Than Human, White Zombie. Pre-Rob Zombie
3: era. Okay, I don't know it. But...
2: It's, uh, it's a great song. It's like That's The guy's kind of rapping on top that's Rob, the Rob Zombie style. And it's a very kind of 90s grungy, but metal track. It's, it's something very unique.
3: Mm, one to check out for sure.
2: Oh, um, well, wait, 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 okay. Oh. It's between that and uh, I, was, I was a teenage werewolf of the cramps. And actually I was a teenage werewolf. I, uh, with Chris and Lou, we did a video.
3: Ah, if nice. you want to check it out. Check that one out too. Um, musician, living or dead, you would like to just talk with? don't have to make music with them just chat oh god ah uh, oh god
2: okay uh i don't know if you know a band called War. gwar g w a r no it's another of my in in my world of trash horror pissed of himself thing it's one of my favorite bands. i saw them live for the first time uh, was November was no, I think it was November 2019 with my girlfriend. This is a band that it's something else. They are basically theater act show, and they the story behind it is that they are aliens that came from, an out, from outer space from another planet to destroy the life on earth.
3: I'm reading about and- it as you're saying that. this is insane.
2: And that's what basically they do on stage. On stage, they usually kill cops. They kill every president, but really dismembering them, like super gory and throwing, uh, like, uh, how can I say, squirting blood, fake blood all over the crowd. It's something insane. It's wow. something totally insane.
3: But um, I only <laughs> have one more, one more quickfire question, actually, for you. And now it's the one that's yeah. very much of the times, um, unfortunately, but before all of these sort of lockdown things came in and we had to stay away from people, what was the last mm-hmm. sort of gig memory that you have?
2: Oh, before the lockdown, I think it was actually the gore, the gore show that I, that I told you about. Well, wow. the last tour, the last tour was an European tour. My first European tour on, a, on an actual nightliner. So like, like a real you know real tour, three bands together on a bus for like three weeks, and this was with Mammoth Mammoth, a band another band from Australia called Dead City Ruins and a band from Norway called Magic Touch. And this was the last tour I did, and instead the last show I went big show
3: was War. Wow, that's some pretty yes. cool last musical memories to have. But I guess it's oh wow. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, it was. It's it gonna was. be good to get out and form more of them, I'm sure, <laughs> like soon. Uh, so.
2: I was looking forward to see again Rob Zombie. I was looking forward to see Ozzy Osbourne before he, yeah. he's gone. I hope yeah. not, but yeah. before that, I'm I'm looking forward to see Aerosmith again. Mm. We, we will see. We will see what what's gonna comes. I hope we go out of this lockdown soon and they start to open again because
3: it's start to be. I think they will. T- I think. I think hard. give it until Easter. I think we've got a bit of a hard winter, but I think we're going to start seeing some big improvements sort of spring, which I'm really, really excited about. So, hopefully. Chris, thanks very much for this. Really. Hey,
2: you're very, very welcome.
3: And that's it
0: for this podcast on BPM Pod. And that's it for 2020. Thank you very much for listening this year. It's been great to have your support and I can't wait to see you in 2021. It'd be nice if we could all meet up at some point. It had been planned for 2020. We'd have a fan meetup back in April. I was going to do it somewhere and we'd have a fan meetup, have a few gigs, have like a gig at the same time, invite some local media, have some performances from people on there as well, from past guests and future guests. But you know, with one thing, another, it became very difficult to do, but hopefully in 2021, we can all meet up again. We can celebrate unsung musical heroes, wherever it is we are. So I only want to say, as we go into 2021, keep buying music, especially the music of artists you like. It doesn't cost much. It costs a few dollars or euros or whatever. And now you're not going out and buying beer and pizza you could definitely afford it. And it makes a lot of difference to these artists' lives, these small contributions you can do here and there. So definitely keep doing that when you can. Uh, Keep finding these ways to support artists, whether that's merchandise, whether it's just downloading something and paying $1 or whatever it is for a song or downloading their album for $10 or buying a poster. I don't know. There are ways to support artists and they need it now more than ever with live stuff effectively being cancelled indefinitely. So definitely keep supporting your local art scenes, the artists you love, uh, the artist communities in your area, and really do that to help them through what is going to be a t- tough 2021 and probably 2022. It's going to take a while for things to get back on track. Uh, so support the artists you love with whatever you can, and I'm sure they will love you back eternally. Also remember to stay safe, and remember you are a strong, Wonderful person, strong, beautiful person. And you have feelings and you have fears and you have concerns and hopes and desires. And they're all normal. They're all natural. One day you're going to feel great. The next day you're going to feel awful. One minute I feel great. The next minute I feel awful. It's a tough year. It's been a tough year. It's going to be a tough ride for the next few. And it's totally fine to feel how you feel. And if you do feel that you need help, you can get help, whether it's from a friend family member, a colleague, a boss, or even some sort of paid support or therapy. Definitely seek the help out you need because that doesn't make you weak. That makes you strong. To find your vulnerability and admit it and then want to deal with it. That makes you an incredibly strong person. And you're going to need that support. People are going to need your support more than ever. So definitely tap into that. Admit your failures. Admit your fears. Admit the things that scare you. Find the people who can help you tackle them. And people will also need your help too. So it's like an everlasting circle of positivity and support and love. And uh, everything you do that's positive in the world really does have an impact. So keep it up. You're doing a fucking good job. Happy New Year. Stay safe, everybody. Stay lucky. And
1: I will speak to you soon.